Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. live on a lovely Monday in the Mile High City, and I can't really think of anything else I need. Oh, DraftKings Sportsbook mm. is our presenting sponsor, so everyone who had that ticket cashed it at DraftKings Sportsbook. I see you, Ryan McAllister, uh, and you actually helped, so thank you. Uh, shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. Head over there, use the code DNVR to get in on all of their great deals. How'd you guys do on DraftKings this weekend? It was a rough start. Stayed away from college to make sure. Uh, started off rough, courtesy of the Green Bay Packers, but then ended on a high note. So I'm feeling good on this Monday. I- I'm going to consider it a-, a victory Monday for me because we don't have to worry about a Broncos loss this weekend. Nice. So Come true. I, uh, I came out ahead. I came out ahead. There you go. It was almost a really big day. Honestly, I'm kind of... Uh, it's disappointing I came out ahead because I woke up at... Uh, what, like 8.30 or so, and the Giants were down, grabbed them at plus 7.80 on the money line. They came back and won. Oof. But then things were bad after that. Like the Browns missed that field goal. Mm-hmm. Cardinals missed their field goal at the mm-hmm. end. There were, there were some was issues. Crazy. But it all worked out. I, I came out just barely ahead. Wait, so what happened with uh, with Kyler? Because you texted, like, I can't believe Kyler did that. I wasn't watching the game. Oh. What, what did he do? Because I, oh. I just saw the highlights, and they didn't show anything, like, crazy. That's, like, the most important part to show. They just yeah. showed the missed field goal, and they showed how um, he missed the field goal in warm-ups, like, five Four times. Four times, yeah. <laughs> I know he they kept showing like... that before he kicked, and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't wanna, know. I want to take the audio from that and do it of me on the driving range, just ballooning slice drives, and then, like, gets up to the first team, and they're like, he was struggling with this all day in warm-ups. Let's see what happens here. And then I just do it again. <laughs> all right. Um, so second and ten. Okay. Kyler This was last drive, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Kyler runs for n- about nine-ish yards and then slides okay. Okay, I did see this. to get what would have been the first down in the under previous rules because he wasn't touched. But now with the rule, wherever you start the slide is where you're down. So he's down one yard short. And he thinks it's a first down. And Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is calling thinks it's a first, first down. Apparently, the scoreboard in the stadium says first down. 
but it's really third and one. Spike the ball. Now it's fourth and one. They have to attempt the field goal from further back rather than they probably would have had time for like two or three more plays to get closer. So what did Kyler do wrong? Spiked it on the third and one. Situational awareness. Everyone was saying it was a first down. I mean, everyone. Look at the sticks. Yeah, exactly. All peek. you have to do is look over or the and refs, see where they're yeah. lining But doesn't up. Kyler also, or doesn't Cliff take the course? I think it's yeah. both of them. And oh, then yeah. how much time was left? 20 22 seconds. With no timeouts. Yes. So, I mean, what, 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 what should he have done? Got snuck it for the first down and then spike? Yeah, and then you have, like, it. one more throw outside? I would have just yeah. gone, like, quick out. Yeah, or a little slant or something. Yeah, okay. or that, yeah. And then if you don't get it, well, then it's fourth down anyways. Yep. Yeah, it's, there's no time. It's one of those things where, like, when you do that, you're just not going to make the field goal. <sighs> like, you mismanage it, you're, like, all the vibes are going against you. Especially yeah. that terrible though. kicker. You know, it made me think, uh, we were talking about McManus last week. It's like, yeah, you can't be paying him $4 million. There's a lot of bad kickers and a lot of teams that have had a lot of years with bad kickers. You don't want one of these guys who just misses at the last second. How long was the kick? 50-ish. Okay, to be fair, McManus is... Actually, I think it was 47. I think it was 40. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was, in well, the 40s. If it was in the 50s, McManus is below average from 50 and above. Yeah. J- just to be fair. I think, but, yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was like 47 because I think Kyler slid down on the 30. There's just like this tier of kickers where like there's like 10 or 12 kickers who are just like good kickers yep. and everybody else is just a crapshoot. And it makes sense to to move on from expensive kicker, but also it'd be cool if, if you get stuck with that Amendola guy who's missed two game winners already, ugh. Yeah, it'd be cool if the Broncos kicker who's like above average didn't cause drama and shit. That too. It'd just be cool if they had Justin Tucker. That Justin would be Tucker very cool. So God. I mean, on the game winning kick, it was as perfect as could be did you see the stat that came out i was like if the field goal post was only a half yard wide he still would have made it Uh (laughs) yeah just insane he's so good and that interview after would you guys support that if they said if they put um a post in the middle that was one yard wide and if you made it there you got four points it's a perfect game let's not ruin it it was don't need any changes it's not a perfect game there's things that can absolutely be changed still got a fixed spot in the ball did you see the one in the csu game Oh, no, that was bad. Uh, oh, in yeah. the CSU game, yeah. Nevada hasn't scored all day, and they have the ball like their own one yard line. And on third and five or whatever, the dude gets like maybe three yards, hmm. and they just spot it for a first down. <laughs> and then they ended up going scoring on that drive for their first points of the game. But shout out CSU getting a win. Yes, they, they the did win. something the Broncos tried to do which was win a game without scoring an offensive touchdown <laughs> 17 14 the final with two defensive touchdowns that is capitalizing on your opponent's ineptitude but they had the big 43 yard drive at the end their longest drive of the day to set them <laughs> up for field goal range which then got helped by oh a running into the kicker and then they got the next one nevada could not have like given the game to them anymore mm-hmm. yeah very much so <laughs> <laughs> all was- their points you know, what? It was 43 yards, the field goal, by the way. Oh, okay. So even closer. Yeah, you got to make that one. Yeah. What was the Browns kick? For, I think that one was 47, but maybe. I could be wrong. Or maybe that. I, I knew he was I thought there was a 53 shit. one at some point. You maybe. know, we're closer to the Chargers, so we, we talk a lot about the Chargers charging, but no one is more powerful at this than the Browns. <laughs> in fact, wow. the Browns, the Chargers have won like two games in their last 17 when they trailed at fourteen by 14 at any point. Both wins were against the Browns. Yep, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So the Browns are the only team stronger than the Chargers at Chargering. And their savior is Deshaun Watson, which 
What a savior to have. Yeah, well, I mean, that I don't interception mean that in by Brissett. Yeah. Jeez, that's essentially yeah. the Russ interception. Yeah. yeah brutal. And he'd been so good, too. I know. He's, like, really clean, but he's had, like, just really yep. untimely turnovers. I mean, and, yep. and that's why Jacoby Brissett's a really good backup. You would feel really good about him being a backup mm-hmm. anywhere, but when you ask him to play 11 games, 10 games, uh, that's a really tough ask. And if Jacoby Brissett was the Broncos' backup, we might be having a different conversation right mm. now because news comes out this weekend that Russ's injury to his shoulder is worse uh, than maybe it seemed over the last week or so. Um, not necessarily surprising that the news that it's worse comes out after he played bad. Yeah, not at all. But it's a legitimate uh injury that he's dealing with and something that causes a puts the Broncos in a really odd spot very interesting spot so let's just look at what this injury is Russ has a partially torn lat near his right shoulder that's why they're calling his shoulder is because it impacts that can you use that Harry Potter-esque word that is the whole name? Uh, the strained <laughs> Latissimus Dorsey? Yes, oh. Latissimus Dorsey. I saw that tweet first. I was like, oh, Latissimus Dorsey. Like, yeah, what? I don't know what that is. Like, whatever. And then somebody later tweeted, oh, it's a lat. I was like, oh, a lat? No, that's horrible. It, could, lat? it could also be like um, one of the names from like the Key and Peel skit. Like, right. Latissimus yeah. Dorsey, Colorado. <laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, what's interesting is I believe Adam Schefter reported that he suffered the injury in the second quarter. So this impact uh, of the Raiders game. So this mm-hmm. impacted him for more than just that charge or more than just the Colts game. And we kind of thought that maybe the injury happened at the end of the Raiders game. So that's kind of another wrinkle thrown onto this. And so Russ, on Friday, when his team was in the building, he flew to Los Angeles to get uh, the PRP injection, which is essentially it, it's uh, a way to help heal things quicker. Typically, they don't do this for this injury, but they're just taking a shot. Seeing uh, Quite literally. A, yes, yes. He took an injection, took the <laughs> shot, uh, just to, to see if it helps. A lot of times, and we saw this with Dak Prescott last year, you sit out a month, potentially, and you don't throw for a month when Can't this injury happens. Russ, not only did he not sit out a month, he played four days later without this injection. Now, I guess the good thing is he does have 10 days from the last time he played the injection until he plays one week from today. Yeah, this is bad. This is really bad Um, because the Broncos aren't in a position to rest him. Mm. Now, if they hadn't completely and utterly blown two football games that they should have won, they'd be four and one right now. And they might actually have been able to get away with this. Mm-hmm. You might have been able to say, hey, okay, we've got this 12-day break. Let's play Brett against the Chargers and against uh, the Jets. And then we'll see what, what where we're at there. Just don't have that luxury anymore. Uh, you're two and three. Essentially, you're staring down the barrel of the end of your season if things go awry here in the next few weeks. And I, th- I think the Broncos' kind of thought process on this is, He's got to play. If you know, if things do go awry, then we can rest him later. My question, though, you, you said the the Broncos are at this point. The Broncos have to decide. Are the Broncos deciding any of this when when it comes to Russ? Which I well, mean, they, I think they talk- would have the power to sit him down. Mm-hmm. Think so. Yes. Yep. You think so? 
Yes. Okay. I, I don't think so. I think uh, I think if Russ wants to go, and that's kind of the interesting thing we talked about mm-hmm. how things could get a little mm-hmm. interesting uh, when issues come up because he has his team, the Broncos have their team. Uh, this was something where Russ flew out to L.A., did it with his own people. Uh, Russ has his own medical people, and I'm not as he sh- should. Team doctors aren't trustworthy. I'm not sure who is. Um, calling it calling the shots on this um I, I think at the end of the day it's russ saying i'm playing and the team says okay yeah i mean if, if you're ready to go no uh, we certainly want you no team yeah i was gonna say no team would ever n- not want their starting quarterback to play if their starting quarterback said they could play so i think that's mm-hmm. i think it's this is in russ's hands it of could deciding be. this but now my question is what's better an injured uh russell wilson in one week from today or brett rippon Russ. So then, if that's the case, Russell Wilson has really struggled this year compared to, to how good he typically can be, especially on Thursday against the Colts, which we most recently saw him with this injury. Is that a indictment on the Broncos' backup quarterback situation? Because if putting a guy out there that just threw zero touchdowns, two interceptions, without a doubt cost the, the team the win— probably multiple times on Thursday night. If you don't have a, a backup that you feel can come in, just steady the ship for one week. They Is that an indictment? I don't think so. I okay. mean, even if it's, I what, Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. Is yes. he probably the best backup? I, I'd still take Russ this week. I still think Russ is better. <sighs> I just, I go back to the conversation that we had He's talking about, about but, Justin yeah. Herbert and the Chargers a couple of weeks ago, and now we're in this same position. Take a step back, look at the bigger picture, and I think when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, if you had a backup you felt comfortable with, I think that's the route you go. But then, Ryan, you mentioned it. Broncos are in, uh, I mean, we're probably going to say this word a lot this week, must win. This is a must yep. win game in one week from now. So the Broncos are in a really weird position, and it's just such a, it's a really bad spot, honestly, when you look at everything. Uh, yeah, we can debate the whole must win thing back and forth. I, oh, I we will. We I don't will, know if I'm if quite ready. you don't think it is. I'm not quite ready to go there, and, I'll, and I could explain why, but I think we have plenty of time to we do, do that this we week. Do. Um, the, I agree with you. If Jacoby Brissett is your backup quarterback, I think this is a different conversation. Really? That's how I led into this segment. Uh, because I think you say I th- we can beat them. And we just saw Jacoby Brissett can beat the Chargers uh, if his kicker can just make a field goal. Yeah. Now, he also could have just gotten him a nice short field goal by not throwing that interception. Right. But either way, I, I do believe that um, you can get that win. Uh, there's there's really not enough evidence on Brett Rippon, and maybe that's the issue. But now. I don't even want to talk Josh Johnson because he was clearly worse than Brett Rippon. So it's not like you made that mistake. But if you had a legit backup, if you had a Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you had one of those guys that you feel like can There's go... There's so few, though. I know. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick's even retired, you know? Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, those guys who have been backups, who have also been successful starters at different points in their career, you might feel... Not you might. You would feel a lot more comfortable saying, Russ, let's... Let's get this thing healed because we're going to need you to down the final stretch. Problem for the Broncos is they just need him too much right now. They exactly. need Russ to be Russ right now. And it might be a thing that they can't even have, right. but they need exactly. it. Exactly. And that's why, regardless of who the backup is, it's Russell Wilson this week. And it just has to be. Because even if, even if Jacoby Brissett could win this game, it's not about is it possible. It's about who gives you the best odds of doing it because you need to get two of these next three and – at least two of them are going to be pretty tricky games. So I don't think you have the luxury of doing anything but 
playing Russell Wilson regardless of the circumstance. You just have to hope it doesn't get worse. And, you know, if you if you go 0 for 3, then plenty of time to rest him after. Well, and that, that's where I'm yeah. at, though, is uh, you better hope that something doesn't happen. And, by the way, he's going to have a backup left tackle. He may have a backup right yep. guard. Uh, he's likely potentially going to have either a backup right tackle or a right tackle making his first start of the season if Billy Turner plays. So it's a really tough position now it doesn't I don't need to push for playing Brett Rippon because that's just simply not going to no. happen Russell Wilson is saying that he's going to play the Broncos like you said Ryan they're not going to hold him back if he's saying that that he's ready to play but how much how much slack should Russ and the Broncos be given for Thursday night's performance knowing this news after the fact we knew there was an injury but now we know more specifics I think one of the biggest reasons that you keep <laughs> Russell is just because you have so many issues just with this offense and how it's being run like beyond the arm you just need to keep getting reps keep getting reps and see if you can figure this thing out mentally i mean what maybe half of his mistakes on uh, on thursday were mental half were because of the arm i i think that if you get rid of the mental half he's still maximum getting a c minus you know so so i don't you give him a little bit of slack on a couple of the missed throws but the the, the mental mistakes are really what are so killer for this team so really quick you said you said um you give him a little bit of slack but then you said 50 percent of it was physical Wh- which one are you are you oh it's 50 percent physical but okay. but that's wow. only a little bit of slack because everything was so terrible that's well, very nice of you because i'm not going that far uh i think they deserve a little he deserves a little bit of slack huh. and it's not a lot because of what you said like mm-hmm. his sh- shoulder hurting didn't stop him from reading any other player mm-hmm. other than Cortland sutton on the last play um, there's other mental mistakes in there, but you can look to certain plays. Like I, I wish I could remember who posted this today, but someone posted an all 22 throw from the Raiders game. And you can see right after Russ lets it go, he's laboring that shoulder and it, and it ended up behind his receiver. And so then you look forward to that Colts game and there's a throw to Tyree Cleveland, which ends up behind him. And you're wondering like, okay, is he so used to just being able to rip that thing? And for whatever reason, because of that injury, it's just not firing. It didn't come out with the same speed. It didn't, you know, um, cut through the air the way that he's used to. Maybe that leads to that. Again, you'd like him to have the self-awareness of knowing, hey, I, I don't know if I can make this throw right now. Also, to just tap into that play a little bit, Tim Jenkins, who I think does a really good job of breaking this stuff down, said he's, like, very confident that Tyree Cleveland is supposed to run an in there, a dig route, like, coming across rather than fading into the back of the end zone. Um, I, I ha- obviously we don't know the play call, so we don't know what it was supposed to be, but that's a bad look anyway. Anyways, the injury could have affected him there. You think like the, the throw where he just throws it up, right? Um, just plays 500 and, and it ends up in the safety's hands. Like, is he just so scared to get hit in that moment because of the pain that he's just like, I got to get rid of this thing. You can start to look around that game. And if you, if you're looking through it through the eyes of this guy's hurt, he's not himself. Is this why he did that? Then you can give him a little slack. Other than that, though, the the some of the mistakes are just so glaringly bad that it's like, eh, 
you can't blame the injury for all of this. Yeah, I mean, for, for me and why I'm only giving him a, a little bit of slack mm-hmm. is just because, Henry, I think it was way more mental that, than physical mm-hmm. for him in that game. Just the bad reads, that's not something that, that you can blame on a shoulder injury. Now, maybe was he thinking about it a little too much? Sure, so, but, but still, when it comes down to decision-making, you got to be making good decisions. If you're on that field, you better be making good decisions without thinking about your shoulder. And, and real quick, there's a lot of stuff that was missed in that game not in terms of a bad read that re- that ended in a bad result, but it's like they've got this concept where you're going a sh- like a shallow over and a deep over behind it. And eventually KJ comes wide open on it, yeah. but Russ is rushed, so he just dumps it down. And it's like, is he rushed because he's not? He's really trying to avoid contact. And this is where I'm sure people are going to say, well, if that's the case, it should have been the backup. It just, it's never going to be. No. Like, I truly believe if the quarterback can play and says he can play, he's always going to play. But... You do look at that like that's that's weird because it's a bad decision that ended in a completion. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, and the two plays, the, the two instances I'd really point to and say maybe that play deserves a, a break uh, is the one where he threw deep to Cortland and then the very next play they tried to do like the exact same play again. And clearly the second one there was a miscommunication. The first mm-hmm. one, it was just a really bad throw. I'll give him a break on that one. Maybe that mm-hmm. was an accuracy issue due to the shoulder. And then the other one where Jerry Judy is just wide open yeah. and Russ is supposed to throw it if he throws it to the sideline. Jerry's oh, catching yeah. it oh. easily, but instead he throws it way upfield, uh, and, and it just doesn't give Jerry that opportunity. Maybe that was an accuracy one as well. But but again, I'm not even like that confident to give him a full break. But those are the mm-hmm. two plays that really jump out to me. But arm strength, uh, in terms of being able to throw the ball downfield, wasn't an issue because he yeah. he let it go a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and so to me, I'm only giving Russ uh, a little bit of a break here, uh, and you just hope that that the shoulder is not something that bothers him that much, or at least that he's thinking about next week. There was that wheel route to Jerry up the sideline where he was wide open too, and it just lobbed over the one where he could have like dove and taken the hit and probably not caught it. Right. Oh, yeah. Like that's one where a better throw is an easy catch. Really quick, well, his earlier throw would have been the the big thing, or earlier, earlier or harder, either one. The uh, I believe it was that one after the game. Russ said, uh, "Like I thought we had KJ on a touchdown there," which was or Jerry or KJ. Uh, I'm oh, sorry, I'm okay. sorry, Jerry. That, that Jerry. makes my sense. Um, and uh, and I thought, yeah. damn, is that a little shot? And uh, I and I don't know. I don't know yeah. exactly. I think it was referring to that one because Jerry did not dive for it. From my, <laughs> I assume if Russ's view view of it was anything like my view of it, I was thinking the same thing. Yep. On the replay. I think he gets hands needed on a it. much better throw. Yeah, I think no he doubt. he'd get hands on it and he'd get hit as he did. Yeah, and dude, does DeAndre Hopkins make that catch? Yeah, probably. Most receivers don't, and Jerry Judy is definitely part of that most. Yeah, a Jerry better throw could, though, and it's an easy catch. Jerry couldn't even make the left-handed, just pin it on your chest catch. You know, in the end zone in the first quarter. Right. Um, that's a yeah. That's we've a yet tough to one. see him really make a difficult catch. That's the other one in game grades though, where I said like. DeAndre Hopkins probably makes that catch. Like, yeah. Devontae Adams does. But only those elite, elite guys. Gabe like, Davis? It might not even. He's not <laughs> making that catch. He He'll made a one-handed 98-yard touchdown No, but that's different. And... that's different. That's not in the back of the end zone, like, bullet on the chest. Yeah. Like, you're catching it right here. Who knows if there's even room for the feet to come down. My biggest takeaway. right over a guy's head. My biggest takeaway watching the NFL yesterday is there are guys all over the place making extremely difficult yep. plays look effortless. And meanwhile, the Broncos make extremely effortless plays look difficult. And I don't get it. 
I really don't. It's like you're just wide from everything from from like coaching to <laughs> then the execution. It just looks like we're watching a different game. They <laughs> they make everything look really hard. And that's what it's been like for the past five or six <laughs> years. And we just thought that was not going to be the case with Russ here. I think yep. the most obvious part to me is just the the hands of the skill position players. Like you have Cortland Sutton who will make some tough catches. Not like ridiculous catch. He'll make a couple, but not at a ridiculous rate. You know, like he's very good at making contested contested catches. He's not special. The like Jerry Judy's doing none of that. KJ Hamler, we haven't seen any of that. The tight ends is where it's a real problem because those are supposed to be your possession guys dropping catchable balls. Like that one that was a little bit behind Eric Tomlinson. Like I, it's a bad throw. It's a missed throw. Yeah. But I like the idea of putting it back shoulder. It was just way too far back shoulder for a guy who's just not. He's not catching that <laughs> ball. He's not like none of these guys are catching balls. He's an away offensive from their lineman body. running around. Like it's got to hit him in the chest. I know they got to find a tight end. The more I think about, it, the more I think that's just the patch. Hey, you one's get... coming off the IR this week potentially. Think of <laughs> all the different plays that have been impacted, all the different like near touchdowns that have been impacted by the tight ends this year. Like when Buck... Eric Sauber drops one in the back of the end zone week one. Eric Tomlinson week one can't get his toe in. Andrew Beck drops one in the end zone this week. Alberto is inches away from getting in the end zone week one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least he made the play. Yeah, yeah. I'm not blaming that on him, but I mean, inches. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you have this very outcast group of tight ends who all each one of them would likely be the last tight end on someone else's roster, and none of them are making plays for you. Okay, so then question, who's that on? Because George Payton, a hundred percent. Because when we came he into did this use season, his most valuable asset this offseason to upgrade that. So because of that, it tells me he was aware of it. He tried to fix it. That you, he can't control the injury. At the same time, though, rookie tight ends almost never are productive, yeah. and that's especially true if you're getting guys outside of the first round. Who was I wonder who was out there this year that they could have gotten? That's that's the other thing. So if the plan was, oh, we'll fix it with a with a rookie, it's like, oh, that's that's a bad, bad plan. Yeah. And it was more so I bet betting on Albert Okwebunam to do something, and he has not. And so now you, you're he was supposed to be like to that slight lead thing. horse, and now if you're if he's unplayable, it's like your lead guy is Eric Saubert. Now it was on the cheap, but they did bring Eric Saubert back. That was a guy they signed. Yep. They also signed yep. Eric Tomlinson. Nope. Back they had to bring back. So they just signed the wrong people. And obviously yeah. probably a way smaller investment than some other exactly. people. Um, but still, I mean, they, they knew they had to go do things. They made mm-hmm. three, four different moves. Like you said, they, they had to re-sign Beck. But I believe they did that before free agency even opened. But when free agency opened, they went out and signed three guys. And or went out and made three moves, and so far, not much production from them. Yep. Trying to see what guys were free agents this year that signed. Um, someone saying Hayden Hurst. Our guy Jose saying Hayden Hurst. See, that would be a difference maker for this offense. He made a big, big play yesterday. That's he's just a real legitimate tight end who can catch balls. Like it, just having one of those guys opens so much up, especially in, in this offense right now. Yeah. Where you have Cortland Sutton, and that's almost it. Although, is he still hurt? I know he tore his ACL in the playoffs. I don't know. So, he signed with the Jets. He's a step below hurt, uh, but still. A lot of these guys were franchise tag. Tyler Conklin yeah. signed with the Jets. Really quick. Evan Ingram signed with the Jags. Sorry, you can keep going if you have. Just a couple more. Gerald Everett signed with the Chargers. That'd be a good one. Uh, Austin Hooper signed with the Titans. Yep. I mean, each and every one of these guys, a massive upgrade. Yep. Yeah, yeah, a, a big upgrade. And speaking of big upgrades, we found out. Um, I think the the official kind of timetable for Odell Beckham, just because people always say, "Oh, bring him in, bring him," not till mid November at the earliest. So, Try for to tell people you guys. that yeah. want 
to beg for the Broncos to sign Odell Beckham. You still have about five to six weeks until that can become legitimate. So I mean, that's why he has not signed with the team. OJ Howard has been productive for the Texans. Yeah, he signed for yep. cheap. Jared Cook is a free agent right now. He's just 35 years old, I believe. Yep. He's a monster in Madden. Both OBJ, you know, Broncos fans keep saying, sign OBJ, sign OBJ. So that's what every fan base is saying. Yes. And OBJ gets to take his pick of basically any team in the league. And so you can't. It's not just like, oh, here's an idea. Go get Odell Beckham. Yeah, everybody knows. Go get Odell Beckham. Didn't the Broncos try to sign Kyle Rudolph and the Giants got him instead? Um, uh, Was that last year, though? Okay, okay. I think so. I think so. Either way, I'm, I mean, I'm all the way down at the bottom of the list now, and like, I'm just seeing names that can help. Yeah. 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 And, and, and clearly the Broncos need tight ends, not just in the passing game, but in the blocking. I mean, Eric Thomason was supposed to come in and maybe he's going to catch one pass like he did last year, but he's going to be a great blocker. He has not been a great blocker so far. That's the tough part. That's the really tough part. Right. And it's like, I think Saubert has pretty easily been just the best tight end. I don't even think that's up for much debate. He was your third last year. Yeah. Yep. He was, <laughs> and, he, and he came in here and was the fourth and maybe not even going to make the team. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Wild. I think there's one other thing that really, really concerns me about Russ, and I want to tell you about it after I tell you about Ooh. game time. No Broncos game at home this coming week. Of course, they play Monday Night Football. We all love primetime Broncos ball, Let's right? Go. Yes. Yes. I know yes. Broncos country America's fired up. <laughs> I know. This oh, is their last be... chance, right? I guess they have the London game. People will be seeing that one. Uh, and, and then they have Chiefs Sunday Night Football. Chiefs. <laughs> so December. Yeah. No, November. Yeah. That's November. Uh, it is week 14. Yeah, toward the end of November. Yep. Is there the any... Maybe Odell Beckham's part of the team then. I don't want to <laughs> derail this too much, but is there anything the Broncos can do to change the national media's 50. mind of them? Do Put up 50. It'd take 50. That would help. To that change the help. mind, it'd be 50. That'd be sick. It's, it yeah, would be sick. It'd it be unrealistic. Be if they put up 25 with a win, I'm going to be very encouraged. You know how incredible that would be? The number. They've scored 75 points through five games. If they get 50, <laughs> they would almost have that. I mean, they'd be approaching uh, that. So, yeah, I mean, and, that that would be a statement. And everyone's ready to turn on Staley. Like, yeah. Yeah. everyone's kind of just sharpening their knives yeah, right yeah. now. That's what yesterday was. Yes. They, they couldn't stab oh, him yeah. because they won. Yep. So that's what will happen. No matter what the Broncos do, it'll be on Staley. Yep, yep. That it it absolutely would probably come after a failed fourth down conversion near the end of the game. Kind of reminds you of yesterday. Uh, Brandon hits a field goal or something. But if you want to get to the Broncos game, I mean, you can even go to the the Los Angeles game, probably find some cheap flights to get there, cheap tickets to get in the door at SoFi Stadium on game time. Yeah. Probably for as much as you will for that Chiefs game in Denver, <laughs> uh, despite it being a home game because tickets are on game time are very affordable there. But also, if you want to go to a game two weeks from now, uh, two weeks from yesterday, I should say, Broncos take on the Jets before heading to London. Check out game game time and make sure to use our link in the description of this podcast whether you're looking on itunes watching this podcast or on youtube make sure to hit that link and i mentioned uh sharpening knives and if you want to sharpen a knife and drive it into the heart of your thirst wow liquid death baby um i've officially put my foot down i've tried every flavor now they're all very good but i am a severed lime kind of guy just Give me the severed lime every time. Speaking of sharp knives, just sever that lime. Just baby. sever it, yeah. baby. Uh, love this stuff. It's delicious. Um, it is keto for, or keto friendly for mm. me, um, but it has a nice flavor to it. I think it can be used as a mixer. You can drink it on your own. It actually is refreshing, which can't always be said of carbonated drinks, but 
because it's so lightly carbonated, which is my favorite part about it, it actually does quench your thirst. It does, uh, does refresh you in that type of way that sometimes a nice cold water will do, which you could also have that, which is just their mountain water in the white cans. Uh, so check out our friends over at Liquid Death, and you can find them near you by going to liquiddeath.com slash DNVR. Also, sign up for a membership with DMVR. You get to read all the stuff that me and Zach are writing every day. You get to comment on the podcast on the website. You get discounted tickets to the tailgates. Uh, you get discount at the bar, too. Yep. It's another 15%. awesome special. 15%. There we go. It's awesome stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, no tailgate this week, obviously, but next week we'll be back at it. You're going to want to be out there, so you might as well make sure that you get the best possible deal by getting a mem- membership with DMVR. Hell yeah. I'm thinking, so you get your first Avs watch party at the bar this week. Uh, oh, yeah. The new bar, I should say. And uh, I'm thinking that the Avs can help the Broncos mm. um, by just making the Denver sports vibes better. Mm. Like right now, all we have is the Broncos and two absolute disasters of college football teams, um, plus Air Force, which doesn't really make an impact sorry I, I appreciate the triple option and all that but um, apparently you don't most Ryan. people don't um and i just think that maybe the denver sports vibes could could use a helping they could the other side of this is that hopefully just the broncos don't drag drag the abs down into the dungeon i'm that. not as worried about that part yeah that's good i don't think that's good that means we'll turn around we just <laughs> need some, we need people to smile in denver it's why i said on our thursday podcast or friday podcast that i was going to cheer for the rams mm, and you did oh, look see, what happened i did see <laughs> and now there's people that are smiling like i'm not going to be the one to tell them that they didn't deserve that win at all. Like, let them have it, you know? <laughs> and now, I mean, you're so much a Rams fan that now you're just drinking uh, their colors. Yep, that's what I do. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Jared helps us out by saying, drop a thumbs up. If you're tuning in on YouTube, we'd really appreciate it. If you hit us with a thumbs up, subscribe, turn on alerts. We really appreciate it. And also, if you're watching um, on iTunes and podcast form, hit us with a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. We're quickly mm. approaching 800 reviews, right? Yes, we need to get there. It's a stated goal. Stated goal. Yep. Yeah. And then once we get that, we'll just get 900. But right now, (laughs) we're going for 800. Okay. So, guys, another concerning thing about Russell Wilson is uh, I think we need to take a little slack off of Nathaniel Hackett or take a little blame off of Nathaniel Hackett. And first and foremost, uh, I wanted to mention this in the first, but in that Raiders game, I was really hard on Nathaniel Hackett's play calling, specifically in the Mm -hmm. second half. I think he probably knew about Russ's injury at halftime. So I want to give him some slack there uh, for not passing the ball as much. I think he deserves some for that. But then really, when you look at the play calling, Nathaniel Hackett's doing his job. He, he, he's, Sometimes, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I should say he's doing his job more than people want to give him credit for. Yep. The red he zone's is, where there's trouble. He is yep. dialing guys open, though. I mean, guys are running open. And for the most part, I shouldn't say for the most part, but it, it decent amount of times Russ is just not finding them. Yeah, it, he it's concerning. There's like five different layers to my concern for the Broncos offense right now and it's just so worrisome with the Russ in, with throwing the Russ injury in there cuz it was like there's four and now Russ is hurt. Right. <laughs> but it's like, okay, this offense, what does it need to be truly opened up? It needs a strong running game. Well, Javante's gone. Um the it needs a good offensive line. Well, you just left, lost maybe your anchor mm-hmm. on that offensive line. Um, 
it needs your quarterback to be able to make, you know, the the big throws. It needs your quarterback to be able to see the field. All of these things, it's like one thing after another is just adding up that's making it worse and worse and worse. So um, Nathaniel Hackett has done a solid job at times. Uh, and I think that's about the most credit I'm willing to give him. He is doing better than it looks. Yes, and, and that, that was kind of my point. And then so you get to, okay, well, why is it not happening? Because of Russ isn't finding the now there are some times where there's trust. pressure in his face and and there there are certainly other things but at the end of the day it comes down to Russ just isn't finding these guys open. Yep, he I mean he deserves the most of the blame. He's the quarterback, and obviously the numbers say what the numbers say, which is not good. Everybody in this offense has been making mistakes though. Like I think pretty easily the best player if you don't count Javante I guess is Cortland Sutton. And outside of that, it's just mistake after mistake after mistake. Every single play, somebody is screwing it up. Yep. And it just happens to be that Russell is doing that more often than anybody, which makes sense because he has more opportunities too. That being said, like Nathaniel Hackett's the one who called the pass uh, on third and four. He sure did. And that is so odd to me. Knowing all that they knew. They knew Russ's injury. They knew what he was dealing with. Yep. You had gotten this far in the game with him playing horrible yep and you were gonna win yeah you were and you in that moment decided not only to throw it but again we assume that the primary read on the play was tyree cleveland on stefan gilmore now i'm i'm having trouble with like what is going on with the reads on plays because that's another one where russ only looked to one spot uh and i mean it was half there so i get it but Again, we've talked we talked about it at length Thursday and Friday. Like you just look over there and you're like, kill, 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 hand it off to Mike Boone or whoever was in there, and you know, take your field goal, take your medicine. Russ probably isn't gonna do that though, because right. he's Russ. Mm -hmm. That's where Nathaniel Hackett has to take the ball out of his hands, get him under center and run the ball. How do we know that that didn't happen? We that don't. We don't. And, and, and that's just, unfortunately, from everything Nathaniel Hackett has said about empowering Russ and giving him these options to do things, is just where, um, I mean, if Nathaniel Hackett is willing to publicly say how much he's giving Russ, that makes me think Russ probably has even more than we think yeah. uh, he, he does. And so that's just, that would be my only pushback to you. But one of the things that we said in the offseason was a quarterback makes everyone look better. And we were just talking about how. Russell Wilson is going to make Nathaniel Hackett look good and all this stuff. And he's just not. Right. And that's the thing. He's making him look bad, right. uh, which is highly concerning. Um, the And again, I just, this injury, there's a reason why, why Dak Prescott didn't throw for a month because throwing makes it worse. It certainly doesn't allow it to heal. So, the Broncos are stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. They essentially have to choose, tr like, try to get a couple wins right now and try to figure out how to work with this right now or take the risk that by the time Russ is healthy, the season's over anyway, which is essentially what happened to the Seahawks last oh, yeah. year. It, it will be over if they don't have Russ. It's, I, I just can't imagine they could go a month without him. I mean, they're under 500 already. You know, so I... I think you kind of have to grind through. And I guess the other kicker it's is, crazy who knows? You probably could have won that Colts game with yeah. Brett Rippon. Especially oh, yeah. after Definitely. Russ is, when Russ went in the medical tent, if he stays in there. Because you know who does not have the option to change the yeah. play in third and four? And they're not even thinking of it. No. Pass isn't even in the world of their yeah. thoughts. No, and That's also, true. how did the Broncos get down there? Not by Russ. 
throwing balls yep. left and right down the field. It was a running game that took him down there. Yeah. Yeah. The, you you can I mean any quarterback could have should have been able to score twelve points in that game. So mm-hmm. um and hey, Brett Rippon's one and oh his only one on primetime baby. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> you you probably could have got away with it and then it would have been a different conversation. Because if you won that one you're three and two and you have this twelve day period and you're saying, Okay, let's just get Russ through the Chargers game. If we right. lose worst case for three and three right. and we'll reevaluate there, then maybe you get a miracle again. It buys mm-hmm. you another week, you know. One, another really tough thing is it's great that Russ has ten days off between the Colts game and the Chargers game. But the bad side of it is then it's a short week the next week. You turn around from a late Monday night game where you're traveling and then you play the Jets at home on Sunday afternoon. So now you have to deal with the short week right after that. Yep. It's it's, uh, it's scary. Yeah. It's the, really scary. And I just don't know the answer because I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that – I think you're getting the – like if you decide to go forward with Russ like this, that's the Russ you're getting the rest of the year. It is. It is. And so that's why I think you look at the long term. I think you do. It doesn't really make matter that I argue that because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Russell no. Wilson is going totally. to be the Broncos starting quarterback in a week from tonight. And just to push back a little bit and give Russ some credit – a lot of my opinion has changed a lot because of this game. You know, it was it was more so Hackett yeah. than Russ up until this week, and Russ had a terrible game, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, Russ Russ did lose that one. Who's more to blame? It's probably Russ. He was good that first game. And, and Russ he was, was good co- against the Seahawks. He was, and he was also very good first half against the Raiders. Yeah, I, think. I, I graded Russ, him out in an yeah, A minus, yeah. and they took 11, the ball out of his hands. So yep. it's not like Russ has just been terrible, terrible, terrible. No, he was. Good week one. He struggled against the 49ers. He was good against the Raiders, although the ball was taken out of his hand, probably just because of the injuries. And then he was awful on Thursday. Not good against the Texans. No, he was not good against I mean, the Texans. So I can't really give him credit, though, because we're talking about in five games, three disappointing games, bad yep. games, you know, on a scale. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a big range there. But for me, it's... This you're, we're not talking about a rookie quarterback like no. wanting to see flashes. No, we need to see good yep. play consistently. Uh, and with this injury, I'm just worried that that's going to take a while. I mean, we may we may not be seeing the real Russ until next honestly year. next year. Next year. Uh, and you hope to see a 90% Russ after the bye week or something like that. But again, if he keeps throwing on it, when Dak Prescott has to sit out a full month of mm-hmm. not throwing. Because in order to heal it, Russ is going to be throwing. Russ isn't going to not practice. Russ is going to be practicing. He's going to be throwing every single day. He, he That'll be to interesting to, to see. Is do the Bronc like do the Broncos allow Russ to not throw during the week? I would be okay with that. I just don't think they would do that. It's just so tough when he's missing so many throws. Like yeah. at some point, you kind of have to learn how to live with it. But too. then, yeah. are you shooting him up every day before practice? Yep, That's probably. F- and again, remember, anything that you're doing, you're essentially committing to this for the rest of the season. Yep. Especially if it's throw. If you need him to throw Monday through Friday, then you're saying we're pretty much going to shoot him up every day for the rest of the season. Yeah, 100%. That's why he should not practice fully one day, limited another, yep. and then Friday's practice is typically a walkthrough anyway, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Right, you can just pretend to throw. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I just... We... we technically know what it is but there's always so much more to it you know where it's not the exact same as Dak is yeah. it something where uh you know it's a little bit more minor than that it's it's more like two weeks or it could be something where like oh Dak sat out a month that worked out just fine it could have been two months so 
the other thing is if we you have, have the luxury season. of doing that with Dak when the season hasn't started yet. It's true. Yes. So would the would the Cowboys have done that if they didn't know that Cooper Rush was the best quarterback on their roster yet? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> what oh boy! A time. Man, maybe a little this league tomorrow. Undefeated. Wow. <laughs> trade for Cooper Rush when Dak gets back. Mm, there, maybe trade for Dak when Cooper oh, when, yeah, when he gets go. back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. I am so worried because we have seen glimpses from Russ, and that was something mm-hmm. to build on. And all of that happened before this injury. Right. And that is, that's the scariest part for me is Russ was so bad on Thursday. We acknowledge it. I'm with Henry. It, there's, a, there's a little bit of revisionist history going on in terms of what Russ looked like before that because it was so bad on Thursday mm-hmm. night that everyone's just willing to, you know, ev- well, everyone's dying to pile on Russ in the first place. And so it was so bad Thursday night that we're kind of losing track of like how he was also how good he was before that injury against uh, the Raiders. So mm-hmm. I'm worried. I'm very, very worried uh, about what the Russell Wilson that we're going to see the rest of the year is and what that means for the Broncos moving forward. Like if that's what, if that's the rest you're getting, if it doesn't get better than that, now maybe the PRP mm-hmm. or whatever sounds like something you have in call of duty um it, maybe that works and we you know you get regular rest back but if not this team is going to be going to miss the playoffs by a lot uh and like is that going to get Nathaniel Hackett fired or is that going to get him the, the excuse of hey well you didn't really have Russ there's so much up in the air there's just no margin for error at this point because now Russ needs to play to his very best self because you're you're missing Tim Patrick and Garrett Bowles and Javante and all those guys, you're starting to lose pieces on defense. You're two and three. And so you can't, you are, you have no margin for error in basically any way at this point. And that's just a really scary place to be given what we've seen. Yeah. Russ has, Russ has to be great for, for, for this team. And the defense has to continue to, to do what they've done mm-hmm. pretty much every game outside of the Raiders game. Uh, and, uh, let me tell you where you could be great. A DraftKings Sportsbook. That'd be a great place to be great. Just win money left mm-hmm. and right. And they're giving you an opportunity to have a head start on the rest of the competition by giving you $200 in free bets by placing a $5 money line bet on any NFL team. All you have to do is place the bet. You win $200 in free bets right away. It's paid out to you in eight $25 free bets, which lets you get in on a lot of different things. You can get in tonight on the Chiefs and Raiders game. Just place a $5 bet. On either team, doesn't matter if they win or lose, you get that payout. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer. That's promo code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And make sure to, to check out their stepped-up same-game parlays, which is makes it really fun as well. So check out the rules and restrictions in our description. And guys, I got a question for you, Ooh. but I want to pose it in our DraftKings Sportsbook pick Ooh. of the week this week. AFC West on primetime tonight. AFC West on primetime next week. This is what we talked about at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. about just primetime taking, or the AFC West taking over primetime. Who should the Broncos be cheering for tonight? The 1-3 and three Raiders or the 3-1 and one Chiefs? Oh, man. there's It's a really good question because you can make a case for either one. Yeah. If the Raiders win, everyone is just in a giant... Yeah log jam in the middle here literally broncos raiders two and three chiefs and chargers three and two yes if the chiefs win 
they're going to start pulling away a little bit and they're also pushing the Raiders just yep. out of, uh, you know, out of the, the world there. Yep. Literally. If we're being done. realistic, yep. the Chiefs are going to run away with this division. And because of that, I think that's what you're rooting for here is just get the Raiders out of here. Um, push them down another notch. Keep them away. You're essentially fighting yourselves for uh, a wild card in the end anyway. So take them as one of the teams that would be in that mix out of there. Anything can happen over the course of the season. A lot can change. But knowing what we know now, especially with this injury, I don't think the switch is going to magically flip for the Broncos and they're going to become a powerhouse. I think their best case scenario is becoming a very competitive team in the wild card race. Win a 17-15 every week. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean they've pretty much given them a chance given themselves oh, yeah. a chance to do that every week other than, you know, probably the Raiders game where they got ran all over, which now looks like even more of an anomaly, but yeah, I think it's it's a little too early for this, but it's probably time to just accept uh, where this division is headed, and uh, and the best case scenario is to just knock the cheat, knock the the Raiders down a rung. That's probably right. You do wonder if like the, the Chiefs lose this one, they lose a couple more. Like, yeah. could all of a sudden the AFC West winner be nine and eight? You know, is How crazy. It, it would be would crazy. Be. It'd be crazy. Meanwhile, the way the things NFC, are playing out. The <laughs> NFC beast <laughs> is back. Yes, it is. Uh, there's a world in which it's easier to to win the AFC West in the wild card, but. I'm not ready to go there either. I think you just got to cheer for the Raiders to be done. Yeah. Again, you're, I'm just going off of what I've seen with my eyes. The, yep. the Chiefs are good. Yep. And I, I'm right there with you, Ryan. <laughs> kill the Raiders. J just like yeah. you kill your thirst with liquid death. Kill the Raiders tonight. Have their season be over. It's have not going to be over. Some liquid but... death. One and four, it's over. They're done. They're I don't done. know. The, the Raiders are done at one and four. And I don't just... think anyone's done at this point. But that I I Not agree done, with done. you. The the eye test does say the Chiefs are probably going to win this. So just eliminate the rest. Try to eliminate the competition for that AFC wild card spot. So I am going with my pick of the week. I'm going with this game, and I like the over in the Chiefs. You can choose your risk that you want to do. Um, I like Chiefs minus seven. Parlay that with the over at fifty one and a half. Uh, that gets you a plus two fifty. You just want to do Chiefs money line and the seven. That gets you to above over one hundred. However, you want to combine those. I think it's going to be a fun game tonight. But I think the Chiefs beat them. I don't think it's going to be fun, and that's why. Well, my last point was going to be uh -huh. was it doesn't really matter what we want. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game by a lot of points. Mm. Uh, I forget what the exact stat is, but their games against them last year. Well, at one point we thought maybe last year was the year that they went into Arrowhead and won. It wasn't last year. Ago. It was two years ago. Okay. Last year, both games were like insane blowouts. It's like, a, I, I'm exaggerating, but like 100 to 16 or something between the two. Uh, maybe okay, like 83, six, something crazy. Yeah, it was 89 to 23. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a combined score of their two games last year. I think that trend continues. Um and there you go. Uh, Chiefs minus seven with a bullet. And hey, the overhit on both of those games, thanks to the Chiefs. They yeah. put up 48 and 41. And gosh, you know, we talked about how bad that Raiders defense is uh, going into that game. Broncos weren't really able to expose it. They were, I guess, a little bit in the first half. But the Chiefs will expose you even if you're good. Yeah. Just look at the Bucks. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so they're going to get deeply exposed yeah 
I've bet against the Chiefs a couple times this season. I'm not doing it again. Just take the Chiefs minus seven. There you go. Easy yep. enough. There's our DraftKings Sports DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Also, uh, hit up our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. Use the code DNVR for 20% off your entire purchase. Like I said, steaks that'll impress your friends. Mm. Uh, these things are delicious. They're Texas Wagyu beef. Uh, if you don't want to go all the way down the steak route, they have a bunch of other awesome things. They have like a jalapeno cheddar sausage that slaps. Mm-hmm. Um, they have beef, Wagyu beef bacon. Yep. They have Frank's. Uh, they've even got like jerky sticks. All of the all of the stuff. All of the good stuff. Uh, so check our friends at Hassle Cattle Company out. Go to HassleCattleCompany.com and use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. They'll ship anywhere. Also... Head on over to Sports Fan. They've got a bunch of different Broncos baseball jerseys. I always lead with that because it's always like right there. So it's always on my mind. It sounds weird like yeah. without the visual aid. It's really cool. It, it is, is really, really cool. cool. I, I have to talk. I'm talking. They, I can't go grab it. But yeah, I mean, it's all uh, really cool stuff that they have over there. It's all very unique. It's not like what you find at the team store or, or like on the internet, any of that. Uh, they just have a massive selection of products that you cannot find anywhere else. They've got four locations in Denver. Uh, one down in, by like Park Meadows Mall. There's a couple on 16th Street. There's one where we do our uh, our tailgate on Federal is the name of that road. So uh, get get out there. Go to Sports Fan. Buy some Broncos gear because it's really cool stuff. It is. It is really cool stuff. Okay, before we get to comments, just a few quick housekeeping notes. Garrett Bowles, Ronald Darby just officially placed on IR. Jacob Bobbenmoyer also placed on the IR. Mm. Um, I think it was us. I don't know if we were on air or off air last week, and someone made the comment like, well, long snappers never get hurt. You don't have to worry about them. Isn't that Yeah. That was Henry, I think. It was crazy it was we were talking about it. Yeah. No, it was... It's just crazy the timing. Because it, you're right. Yeah, I mean, long snappers they don't. should never get hurt. Yeah. Uh, but... Did you touch wood? Yeah, I guess uh, not. We did not. Well, no, because we were, we were told by commenters last week we were touching wood too much. That was... Oh. I never <laughs> rode with that comment. <laughs> uh, but crazy enough, the Broncos are going to be looking for a new long snapper. Guys, to me, they tried out a bunch of long snappers today. Mm-hmm. This is the end of Jacob Bobamore. Uh They've been done with him for months now. Now they're finally going to... I think replace him, although he'll be on the IR for a little bit. Um, and the other move. First bad snap in 11 years, thanks to Jacob Bob Moore. Changed that game entirely. Wow. It really did. Honestly. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. Um, put them down nine instead of eight. Uh, and then another move. Broncos promoted Kendall Hinton from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. So Broncos get a Hall of Fame quarterback on the roster. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I will say, if, the, if whoever they sign to be their next long snapper screws up in the next four weeks, Bob Meyer has a shot. Yep. Bob Meyer has a shot. He needs to be rooting hard against this long snapper over the next four weeks. <laughs> uh, and true. then one more move. The Broncos brought in Trinity Benson for a visit today. He would likely just become the take the place of uh, Kendall Linton yep. on the practice squad. But wouldn't that be something? Broncos get a fifth for a guy that they end up just not having for a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. I would hope- it be worth it if... Uh, he would have been the one on the field instead of Tyree Cleveland. Imagine that turns out to be a catch. Those picks worth that win. If that was supposed to be an an in route, that is one of the worst routes I've ever seen. So I There's no way though. But that's why, because it would be terrible. Right. It's just hard to know it's hard to know. Like it at the very least, Tyree Cleveland has to work back to that football and just play defensive back on that play. Right. Everything about it was terrible. Yes. Everything about it was terrible. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get to these comments. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention. 
just want to say thank thank you to this community. Um, I I think I love this show right now more than I've ever loved it. Mm. Just like one of those things, like I love you more every day. Wow. Um, <laughs> this weekend, like I was just like waking up. I was like, oh man, I, I have some takes I want to say I on the know. podcast today. I was like. <laughs> Oh, we don't have we don't have a podcast today. That's kind of sad. I was so dejected during this last podcast on Friday, but when I was driving home, I was like, "Oh, it's not so bad." <laughs> but now I forgot all the reasons why I thought it wasn't so bad, and I'm back to thinking, "No, everything is terrible right now." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was thinking that same thing. So shout out to you guys yeah. and to the listeners as yeah. well. All right, let's hit these super chats. We start with. With Yo Mama Llama says, with the abundance of drop passes, including the multiple TD drops, I feel that the Tim Patrick injury is worse than we thought. Do y'all agree? I've I felt like it was pretty bad ever since like week two. Yeah. Um, so it, it, you're all right over there. Choking about water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, take as much time as you need. Your over there, water's right? trying to kill you. Yeah. Oh, no, I drank their own kind of water. That's, he did. That's yeah. your problem. Huge mistake. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I felt it was a pretty bad injury ever since I just realized, like, as soon as Jerry was banged up and then all that started unraveling, mm-hmm. it was like, man, they really missed this guy. Um, talk about trust. I've been saying that's the Broncos' biggest problem right now is trust, and you know, that's a trustworthy guy right there. Remember, it's, it's so far in, in the rearview mirror, it's hard to remember stuff like this. Every time Russ talked about his weapons – first name he mentioned was tim patrick since the day he got here so it hurts you're supposed to be able to withstand that you know we said it after it's like every Mm -hmm. team should be able to withstand their third most talented wide receiver getting hurt it's one of the things holding the broncos back it's it it, it, you can't give it as like a full-on excuse for the ineptitude of the offense but it's one of a series of things that are keeping the Broncos from being as good as they could have been originally. And, and I think why, why I didn't like it being presented in the way of, oh, the Broncos don't have their, their wide receiver three uh, for the rest of the season. It's really going to hurt them. And I just I hated that because, like you said, uh, it's the third wide receiver. Yeah. I think we just need to talk about Tim Patrick different. He's not yeah, their third wide not. receiver. He's their mm-hmm. second or even their first wide receiver. Yeah. Then then it's okay. That Then I'm able to accept that. Um, because I do think that Tim, uh, and I think unfortunately with his absence, we're really seeing how valuable he <laughs> truly is, and he's not a third wide receiver. Um, so I, I do think that that's hurting. And it's not just drop passes. I think Tim just is extremely reliable on where to be exactly. in the right time and everything like that. And the blocks, too. Yeah. I mean, him as a blocker would be amazing. There were a couple blocks that Jerry missed in this last game where you're just like, oh, if you get those, this run would have been totally different. You know, there was the the run, the 17-yarder from Melvin from, like, deep on their own side. K.J. Hamler pulled into the backfield and was lead blocking that. And it worked out just he fine. He did. He did a good job. That has not always been the case. He also had another really good block on a screen, too. Mm. But that's not really the point right now. Um, he doesn't need his body as a wide receiver, so he's just throwing it out there. <laughs> so the true. Right. So true. But, yeah, I do think that when he first went down, I, I mean, it's like a big deal. You're losing a good player. But I was like, yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. I was way too high on Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. And then that's the big thing is that, you know, at that point you're thinking, Oh, they have so many receivers. They'll be just fine. And now we see those receivers on the field and you're like, eh, not, not nearly as fine as I expected to be. Yeah. I mean, just reliability, I think is the biggest thing you could, that would have given Russell Wilson two guys that he can trust a guy he can trust on each side of the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now he's literally down to one, one total person (laughs) on the offense that Russell Wilson trusts. Yeah. Tyree Cleveland would not be getting receiver snaps. 
No, no, no not like, at all. Like that, there's just one tangible thing you could look at and say, like, yeah, you're better off as an offense with Tim Patrick out there. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It sucks. Yep, and it all these suck. injuries really suck. Yep, it does. All right, next one from Luke. Hey boys, this pod offers some much needed peace of mind after the gauntlet that Twitter has been this week. RK is rule in the Buffs' future. <laughs> of course, he's talking about Matt Rule. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to rule him out. Oh, here wow. Soon. I don't know. I saw odds that he has CU is the fifth best odds to land him. <laughs> it's not very good odds. I think he was eight, eight to one. Yeah. There's only like what three teams that fired their coach already? So um, they're making some assumptions. I know Nebraska was yep. was the the favorite. Yep. Would you hating Nebraska? Would you like that or hate it? I am not a big Matt Rule guy. Um, I think it's just his face, so mm. sorry. Um, well, you are about punchable faces, so <laughs> yeah, that true. makes sense. Um, I, I just, it just doesn't get me going. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. I wouldn't be like afraid of him going to Nebraska. And there was the report today. I think it was Pelissero, maybe, who basically said, like, yeah, Matt Rule right now is not like looking for a head coaching job. Like I would he's, never coach again sh- until that money runs exactly. out. Exactly. No, like he's probably be. just going to go to TV. If somebody backs the Brinks truck he's up, not made there's like TV. five schools. <laughs> even. That's, but it doesn't matter for these I guys. Know, like know. if you're just like a recent NFL coach, somebody will throw a bag at you. Here's my best case for uh, Matt rule is you're just offering him like, Hey, we'll pay you. Like we can only pay you like $1 million a year, but yeah. The the Panthers will pay the rest, right, so like right. we can afford you, right? <laughs> so you'll yeah. get the same money whether you work 80-hour weeks here or whether you sit at home and golf every day. I know. I was going to say, why yeah, would you even do TV? You shouldn't do Because you get the paycheck. Oh, should, because that doesn't that does offset. Not okay. But still, you're getting $40 million in the next couple of years. Why do you <laughs> yep. need one or two million more? Totally. God-fired coach. What a gig. <laughs> it's the best yep. if your ego can handle it. All right, should we hop into the comments on the website? Yes, let's, let's do, do it. it. First one comes in from Mile High Till I Die. My boys, mm-hmm. as the weeks go on, I believe in Coach Hackett more and I believe in Russ less. The more time goes on, I think the we brought into a cult of personality, with, oh, bought into a cult of personality with Russ and we brought in a prima donna into our locker room. Well, the good news is he's not really in the locker room. Uh, somebody who's way too self-obsessed, a non-human level of manufactured personality and clearly wants to dictate the offense to feed his ego and celebrity. Hackett, for all his coaching miscues this far, uh, has been nothing but genuine. He has been a breath of fresh air. He is related to his players and he's related to us. And maybe it's his fault that he brought in the staff with so little experience, but I've I feel that with so much genuine passion, intelligence, and ability to connect with his players that his issues are fixable, with, while Russell's aren't. I think I'm finally starting to understand why players and coaches in Seattle had so much beef with Russ. He's a lead singer that got too, too famous and ruined his band. I believe Hackett has the ability to be a top-tier head coach, but we can buy his contract, uh, and we can't buy out Russ. Hackett has uh, stuff to work out, but Russ may have sunk this ship before he ever truly had a chance. I think all of this is a bit much. Exactly. It's he's not wrong, we're but it just might be a about, little bit too strong, you know. We're also talking about the winningest quarterback through ten mm-hmm. years in the history of the NFL. Why would that have just all evaporated when he came to Denver? I agree with you, Ryan, but people haven't seen that here. No, they yeah. haven't for sure, and that and that's why people are right. kind of overreacting this way. But like again, not just like a guy who's won some games, right. the winningest quarterback through the first 10 years of his career. Of course he was helped by that defense, all that stuff. But for a lot of those 10 years, it was just the rush show. Yeah. Not and, the past few years. And the rush show yeah. was winning. Yeah. Um, so there's, a, there's more at play here than just like, Oh, Russ isn't relatable and it's ruining the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, no, and, and also like 
star quarterback. That's kind of a thing that happens. I don't know that Tom Brady is seen as the most relatable player in that locker room. Relatable man. Like Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, is the most relatable man in that locker room. Again, Russ probably takes it to the extreme of all that. But star quarterbacks, this is kind of a tendency. All, All old quarterbacks are struggling right now. And I say old as like pretty much over like 32. Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron. I mean, it's weird. Mm-hmm. All of these guys are having a tough time this year. And uh, speaking of another thing I thought when I watched yesterday is that Tom Brady quote just kept replaying in my head. Bad football? Uh, just, it's just bad football everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It's true. Yeah. And no one really feels all that good right now. The Chiefs mm-hmm. and the Bills feel really good about where they are. Obviously, Eagles, the Eagles feel yeah. great about where they are. Even the Bills had to come back from a big deficit last week. Yes. Like, they've had their shaky moments. Yep. Um, the Ravens feel pretty good, I think. <sighs> but they blew that big lead last week to the Bills. Right. But it, still probably pretty good. And then other than that, everyone else feels like crap. Like, it, the Dolphins are still probably feeling pretty solid, despite, like, they know two is coming blown back blown out yesterday by the Jets. Yeah, but the they Jets, know two is coming back. The Jets feel great. And and obviously for you Ooh, have to put it into perspective of expectations for the Jets, but the yeah. Giants, mm-hmm. yep, NFC East, what the hell? But I mean, when I talk about feeling great, I mean like feel like, like they have Super a chance Bowl. to oh, win okay. the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. only a couple teams. Per, I, like I, if you had, if they were, do, if people were doing a lie detector test. I think it would be the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Eagles are the only teams right now that like feel like they're actually going to win the Super Bowl. Actually going to, yeah. So like the Bucks fans would still feel like yeah we're gonna fans, be right in the end. yes but like just oh, about okay. how like the team feels about themselves like I feel like I mean you have Tom Brady you know they're they're I I I do have to push back just a little about these other superstar quarterbacks being not mm-hmm. as engaged mm-hmm. I do think a lot of them I think Tom Brady is very well incorporated with the team i think that's an issue that giselle probably had with him was like wait you actually want to hang out with these guys russ just i mean like you said he just he takes it to a different level he does does. and and tom actually really that's kind of something that he prides himself upon is like being one of the guys and I, i think we've talked about it before but like alex singleton when he was here said he played for new england for like a week and he was shocked that like tom brady knew his name and welcomed him to the team mm-hmm. and was t- was in the locker room being just being mm-hmm. one of the guys during that like um most quarterbacks really aren't that way yeah uh, we still do get like the stories about the russell wilson facetimes but yes. i mean there's they're, they're just similar yeah but yeah it it's funny it just all none of this matters when you win and yep. when you lose everyone like people talk about hey the broncos even if they beat the seahawks and beat the colts they're still not good I promise you all these little things wouldn't be coming up. You wouldn't be hearing national media guys yeah, yeah. shitting on Russ for not giving them an interview at the red carpet. Like, right. yep. but as soon as you lose, everyone starts poking into things and, and trying to look for some new, you know, narrative. hundred <laughs> percent. Next one coming in from Kai knock. Kyler says, Hey boys, I'm a big fan of all things QB with Tim Jenkins on YouTube. And this week's breakdown of Russ's play was damning play after play. The most constant thing he said was how wide open KJ Hamler was on multiple plays. Mm-hmm. The guy could have had probably uh, four touchdowns against the Colts, but Russ didn't look his way. Tim's film breakdown really confirmed me that there's tons of potential in Hackett's system and that Russ is the primary problem. Guys are wide open all over the place, and he scrambles out of safe pockets and is too quick to check down. I'm very unnerved by Russ's play and hope he can figure it out before seven years is up. Yikes. I See, that's my thing, though, where it feels like everything has basically gone wrong. Like, maybe not everything that'd be extreme to have 100% that went wrong rate. 
but you're getting pretty close to it. The fact that you do see those little things and say like, well, what do you need to happen for this to get fixed? You need Russell Wilson to go through his reads better. It's like, that feels like something that should go up. Now, obviously he needs to work on that and Hackett needs to talk to him or whatever it is, but it does seem like if things are going to get better or worse, there are way more reasons to think they're going to get better than there are that they're going to get worse in part because they're two and three and playing horribly ugly football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, the going all like Russ playing bad is a one and a really just like a one game sample of like him looking that bad. That bad, yes. Mm, I don't know. That yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, that bad. That yes. bad is, like, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Exactly. For sure. But I'm just saying, like, he was kind of building up all the way up to that halftime of the Vegas game is when you could say, like, it's getting better. You know, like, uh, that was his best half of, of football all year, and that would make sense with the timeline, right? It takes time to get into the offense, and then it all falls apart. I'm, I'm very worried for the short future. But I think going into like hopefully he figures this out over the next seven years is too much for me right now. Yeah, I'm not obviously going in the next seven years either. <laughs> uh, and, and I really do think that him like getting to his check down too quick, that was a last yes. week problem that was probably exacerbated by the fact that he was trying to avoid getting yes. I don't know because we've seen him just go to the running backs more than like any quarter maybe not any quarterback in the NFL but like he's top five in terms of throwing to his to his quarterbacks and check or to his running backs and checking down not just in that game yeah it's, it's been pretty successful that's though the thing. up until last week um and, and it's really the only short passing game the Broncos have right now which is why I actually kind of encourage it uh, I want them because what's happening is those zones are just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And then there's all, there's a lot of room underneath. Russ hasn't worked that area much at all other than to the backs. Um, but like you watch the Eagles, man, it's just like short pass, short pass, short pass, long pass, short pass, short pass, short yep. pass, long pass. Like that's fun offense to, to watch because they're manipulating the defense and kind of we just don't get those long passes though. But the Broncos aren't doing any of the short passes. Yeah, they are. No, they aren't. 11, other than 11 to the uh, passes to Javante again, other than to the running backs. I'm talking about like slinging, like the, when I watch the Eagles offense, it's all just based on logic. Like, Oh, the corners are playing way off. Okay. Let's yeah. throw a little bubble over there. Like Great. it's just, it's like, so, um, just what you think they should do, they do it. Right. The Broncos, it feels like they're trying to fit square pegs into round holes a lot on offense. And it, it's Russ. It's play calling. Um, it's just checking things at the line, which I think they could do a better job of. So you're seeing some of the checkdowns to the running backs. But I'd like to see them work these other guys into the short passing game a lot better. Sure. I can get down for that. Broncos superfan says, did the Montforts buy the Broncos? At least the Stanley Cup champs start on Wednesday and the Broncos can't lose the next couple of Sundays. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Is. The Broncos actually have very rich owners now. Yes. And the Montforts would not have given out that contract. There's no way. You think they're going to be in on Aaron Judge this offseason? I don't know. They they, 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 they gave they, They've handed out some big contracts. But never like the like a top three ever contract. You know, they're, they're in that next Aaron year. was big, though. It was yeah. big. It was. It was big. I mean, they're not afraid to pay like one play. Yeah, no, it's it's not really that. There's everything else for the Monforts. Yeah. It's just they're not nearly as rich as so many other owners, which the Broncos don't have that issue now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, you're literally just as good as your owner is rich, other yeah. than like a couple of money ball things. You right. get lucky. We should get, you know, if the Waltons bought the Rockies, it would be the best thing that has ever happened to them. Yeah. I wonder. Oh, probably. 
Because there is part of it where it's not just like richness of the owners. It's also like how much money can you make, right. you know, because you need to, you need, they, they rarely are losing money. Like if it's the Dodgers, they're still bringing the ticket sales. They have like the LA market. So they're getting a bunch of money from that. So I'm curious how they When do you have $70 billion, it just doesn't even matter. Could be. I mean, just that's, a toy. That's essentially what Rob Walton said during his, his first few days here. Yeah. It was just like, oh, we just kind of wanted to do something as a family. Yes. Most people go on <laughs> yeah. like a road trip. <laughs> yeah. No, he just buys an NFL franchise. Yeah, just, yeah. Play some Wii Sports. <laughs> right, right on a Saturday morning. Yes. <laughs> uh, family bike ride. Yes, exactly. Family team ownership. <laughs> Uh, Coach Tobin says, Broncos country, quit the panic. Everything will be okay. 12 games to go. And as far as I've known, zero comments on social media have made a change to what an organization will do with a coach or QB. I'm sure people will listen to you. Yes. The (laughs) last play of said game, Hamler ran his route. He did not run what was called. He has been doing this for some time. I don't think so. Uh, Go check the tape. No play design has multiple receivers in the same area. Food for thought. Someone who draws these things up. It was a pick play, though. The whole point is getting the guys close to each other so then yes. one guy can pick the other guy. I, my guess is he's referring to the end of the play where Cortland and Hamler were in the same spot. Oh, yeah. But, like, eventually, if a play develops long enough, there's going to be guys running across each other, especially when you're deep in, in the red zone like yeah. that. Well, and, yeah, these receivers are given kind of freedom to try and, like, sit into open spots. So he ran his route. It was a slant. Uh, and he was wide open because the play design, at least as far as I I'm concerned the primary read should have been KJ Hamler and he was wide yes. open. Um, then after that, you're just kind of, it's like a scramble drill. You're just trying to find open space. Right. Exactly. Uh, anyways, he said, lastly, I purchased my first ever Broncos Jersey. Number three, Wilson in white. I've not lost faith. Let's go real Broncos fans. Step up or mm-hmm. step out. <laughs> yes. Too, well, it's too bad. You don't get like stock prices on that. Cause you right. could have gotten that for cheap right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could have <laughs> right after the news of the, uh, injection came yes, out exactly. yeah. wow that'd be because then like uh a javante jersey would be a lot more than a melvin jersey but like yeah. if you want a bob and meyer jersey that might be 20 bucks oh yeah it would be <laughs> like, like if that's how they were all priced russell's Pat, like 200 would pats or tan be the most expensive oh yeah yeah probably not i mean he's the only bronco whose stock has gone up this year true but russ would have started well above him the Russell Wilson jersey, like that's yeah. by far the most popular jersey. Yeah. So yeah. if they switch by now, I'm not sure. Oh, I think so. The Danimal says, "Well, Russ's celebrity shine wore off quick, and we are left with an A-list wannabe that hasn't earned his teammates' respect." Looks like the former He's Seahawks an, player. He is an A-list celebrity. He is. He actually <laughs> he is. is A-list. Yeah. Sierra's yeah. probably B-list. No. No, flipped. She, she he, brings. Sierra brings, she brings him, him up. up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really, I don't think. I so. actually don't know about. Are they A-list, though, when you're talking about all See, celebrities? that's the thing. I think yes. maybe they're B-list. No. Sierra, no, is no, an, no. Sierra on her own is A-list. Yes. And Russ I gets to ride so. up on that because yeah, I guess it's just how many people are in A-list. That, see, that's the thing. It's like you're talking like hundreds. The big, okay, the big if guys. If there's hundreds in Like you walk down the street and you recognize them. Like everyone, Beyonce like, is. Like so many people recognize Sierra. I won't say everyone, but... Uh, what is she large... in the celebrity? Uh, did, was it you that found the celebrity calculator or something oh, like that? Oh, that's a good one. Where yes. Do, where does she fall? Um, but in terms of, I like looking at social media Anyways. followers. She has 50 million. He has five. 50 million. Yeah. That's in A-list. terms of net worth, though, it's like Sierra's 165 to 20. 20 million. Exactly. Woo. 
okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, he goes on and says, uh, when you look that up, Hank, says, looks like the former Seahawks player knew, or Seahawks players knew what they were talking about. Kyle Brandt called it right when he said Russ tries to act like a celebrity at events and turns people off. And Hamler's behavior post-game, no matter how unprofessional it seems, like a reflection of the great locker room vibe, or of the greater locker room vibe. The worst part is C- Seattle fleeced us by pulling away a King's Ransom. We can't even hope to tank this year because it only helps Seattle. This is true purgatory. If we want to get rid of Russ, we can either cut him and destroy our cap or do what Houston did and give picks away to get someone to buy the big contract and mortgage more of the future. Bottom line is Peyton did us wrong, and the new regime has no loyalty to him. We are on the cusp of watching a total teardown and rebuild, and we have not an ounce of capital to rebuild with. On a positive note, wow. I just snagged my all-in package for London. I'm going to say it right now. Somebody is walking the plank on the booze cruise. The Danimal. I can't believe some of this stuff. Also, stoked to see you in London. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe some of the hysterics going on here. A month in. I would yeah. have never guessed. <laughs> ever. Trying no. to, we're literally trying to cut Russ or trade yep. trade yep. him, to, yep. trade picks to someone. Yep. Well, you don't have picks to trade, but <laughs> to get them to take Russ's contract yeah. after five games, they're two and three. By the way, if they're zero oh and five, I maybe would yes. be like, yeah, like I can't defend this. They're two and three with a couple inches between being four and one. I realize they haven't looked good. Mm-hmm. No, but this is wild. They've gone two of the next three, and all of a sudden they're in the hunt. Also, on his way to becoming the winningest quarterback through 10 years in nfl history this is what a lot of russ's games looked like it's just the team pulled it out in the end right right mm-hmm. also uh sierra the 1296th most famous person in america that can't R- be right russell wilson she's not that fa- 1467 okay so they're close yep yeah um i think together they are a-list celebrities for <sighs> sure Begin though, like they're I, not like Jay Z and Beyonce I think though. I'm falling with. They're Henry literally here. just what they're just tier two Jay Z and Beyonce. I was looking through this though. Jay Z has ten times as much money as Russ. Beyonce has twenty five times as much money as Sierra. Like there's just that is such a massive gap. Yeah. You know. And as as Jose just said, he's never heard a Sierra song. But that's the thing though, is you have. You just don't know that it was her. You've heard dozens. I don't know about dozens. She just hasn't been At least that five. like six. she hasn't yeah. been that. I know she dropped a song fairly recently, but it's not like she's been dropping albums exactly. recently. It's been more so in the past, so I think it's faded a little. Like bit. 2008 then, yes. Right. Yeah. Right. But right now like <laughs> like famous for sure. The fact that like I even know who Sierra is begin like, like I only know sports. <laughs> How old were you in 2008 though? Uh 16. And that's when she's a pop star selling out tours. Yeah. So, like, again, like that, That's you are her know. generation. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably at least five. Like, yeah. Yeah. From me, I guess you're two. And I was so, yeah. Sierra was big when I was younger. Okay. Cooking with Russ says, man, Broncos really country. Quick, yeah. Really quick. One, two step on Spotify has 394 million listens. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. How many other song. songs do you know by Sierra? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able Level to even up. say that one. You would have come on. <laughs> no, just like off the top of my head, I, I wouldn't I have been able to you. say it. Yeah. What? Yeah. I would have known Level Up because that once one that just came out. But I wouldn't I, have I, known I think that. Kind of like Hank said. Like, um, I think we all know Sierra songs, but I don't know which ones are. Ex- one two step. You to had to yeah. know. If That's you would have said crazy. name a Sierra song, right? Actually, this is a good man on the street thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that is really good. If you would have said name a Sierra song, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But I like. 
obviously knew who she is. Wow, One Two Step was like the her song. Yes, That's I know, but so that popular. was also in what year? Oh, a good man on the street is that, and then saying, "Can you name a Russell Wilson catchphrase?" Oh, jeez. You can say "Go Hawks." You can say "Let's Ride." <laughs> that was the only one. Danger Witch. No. <laughs> Goodies is another one. Oh, Again, if you hear it, you know it. Yeah, um, like a boy. Without it, like a boy. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, Not to be confused with like a virgin. <laughs> Very true. Very different. Cooking with Russ hits us with man. Broncos country is toxic. And Broncos country Facebook is the worst. People oh, over Jesus. there have absolutely zero clue what they're talking about. I get the frustration <laughs> that, over that's offensive That's not just blows. Broncos country Facebook. Just, we got to start streaming live on general. Facebook again. That way we can get these Facebook comments in here. <laughs> Are we not? Yeah, it's all YouTube. Um, says, I get the frustration over offensive wo- or offensive woes, but can we not love this team through thick and thin? People no. are talking about walking away from the team or watching other stuff on Sundays now. Win or lose, I love watching the Broncos every time I have the opportunity. I believe in Hackett and I believe in Russ. Matt, Matt Ryan and A.A. Ron both had rough first years in a Hackett-style offense then came back with a vengeance in year mm-hmm. two. So it may take a season before the cooking really begins, but I want to be ride or die with the team through it all. The here's to another epic 24-point come from Please behind no. victory next Monday <laughs> against the fanless Bolts. God, I don't think I could handle it. If they're down 24-0 at halftime, that is the only bit of hope you're holding on to is maybe history is going to repeat itself. Otherwise, everything is going to be burning to the ground in Broncos country. Oh, yes. My, the only thing I would be holding on to is like, oh, man, this could be, this would be the most Chargers things thing ever. It would be. Um, I do agree. Like, there's a lot of weirdness in Broncos country right now. Of just like people being like, I'm done. This is officially it. Like, I'm out of here. And it's like, really? Re- are you really? No, um, and also They're like what Monday. are you what point are you proving by this i just think it's weird i'm i'm with the commenter like i truly enjoy watching the team every time they play um and i joked with you guys this weekend like i think i have bad football stockholm syndrome because like i watched the csu game from start to finish and i was like this is fun this is an enjoy- enjoyable to watch the next day i watched iowa illinois every snap i was like yeah this is good stuff i enjoy watching these defenses make big stop after iowa, big stop illinois. and uh so i think i've i've fallen for the trap uh but i i'm like i enjoy the game yeah i i love it too and uh man back-to-back weeks at afc west Th- this is what uh, can you can you believe just five weeks in how the AFC West has fallen already? That's crazy. It is. I mean, but at the Football same time, so though, you gotta turn around and say like, well, we picked the Raiders to go zero and five, so anything the Raiders are doing, you you can't be too surprised about. You know, the fact they have one win, maybe we should be more surprised about the the Chiefs. They have two losses. No, three just and one. one. Three and one. To the so Colts. again, like to the freaking Colts. There you go. It's the Chiefs. They're three and one. Sure, it makes sense. The Chargers. That one's probably the most surprising, right? Maybe not to us. Maybe not to Ryan. But, but, but I guess I'm surprised they won yesterday. <laughs> yeah. But again, like they have some injuries. Like, did you expect two and three from a national perspective? Maybe not ours. No, you didn't. Injuries. Maybe that explains some of it. And the Broncos have disappointed. The Broncos. You know? Yeah. The Broncos and Raiders are honestly what's bringing the narrative around this division yes. down. The Broncos are everyone's favorite mm-hmm. punching bag across the nation right oh, now. Oh, boy. And oh, boy. the Raiders are kind of just an afterthought, yeah. but mm-hmm. they've already just been put in, like, the misfit toys bin, you know? <laughs> really yes. Um, so the Broncos are doing a lot of the heavy lifting for, like, killing the vibes around the division. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs um, with one stupid loss. 
and the Chargers are kind of like I feel like they're exactly what people expected. Like they're a flawed team. Or maybe it's just me. I don't That's know. just you. They're a flawed team <laughs> that like has enough talent to win games. Yep. Yep. And now Brandon Staley also, is looking suspect. JC Jackson got eaten alive by Amari Cooper yesterday. He did. Mm, you think the Broncos receiver is going to do that next week? I can only hope. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be Jerry. Sutton's game doesn't really like mesh with that. If, if if Sutton beats up JC Jackson, we can really start the hype train. Jerry's is more. It, it has a similar game to Amari. Though, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If he just. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> PS2 says, "Hey guys, after rewatching the game, I feel a lot better. I gotta say, Hackett should be low on the blame game for this loss." He called a decent game and designed multiple players open. Russ either missed the throw or missed the read. The O-line also had a very bad game. My one critique of Hackett is that there were a lot of developing plays and the way the O-line is playing didn't give Russ enough time. Broncos country, relax. Uh, Even if this offense is average with this defense, it can still be a playoff team. I will say that's another reason why I just want to see them get that quick game going. It's like you're not protecting these long developing plays. Um, And you have to kind of build up to it. Especially when you're not getting the run game going, there's nothing stopping those guys from just going. And especially with the offensive line hurt now. Don't yeah. I thought about this today and it's something that scares the hell out of me. Don't let Khalil Mack have a Michael Schofield game. Ugh. Don't. Don't. And there's reason to believe that mm-hmm. it could happen. Now Khalil Mack is certainly not the player that he was back then, and he hasn't been for a few years, but backup offensive tackles, just don't let that happen. Three sacks is totally on the table. Yep. Like that's just that the case the hell out of me. when it's Khalil Mack against yep. these two. I mean, yep. it's on the table. It's yep. a potential outcome. I don't think it's going to happen, but that has to be the most scary part of this game. Either that or the passing game from the Chargers in general, but I don't think that's it. I think right. it is just Khalil Mack. Oh, man. Bad flashbacks. And last, yeah. next one coming in from <laughs> Melvin Bronco. Last one says, my boys, I think George Payton has to sit Russ down and say, I know you want to play another 10 years and run less. Be a pocket passer, but Hackett is the coach and his playbook is the one we want. If that means Russ only lasts four, then so be it. Looks like he's almost lost the receivers. Soon he'll be publicly criticizing Hackett's play calling. Something has to happen. Cheers. Well, Melbourne Bronco wouldn't be George Payton sitting Russ down. It'd be George Payton sitting Nathaniel Hackett down, telling him that's the case. I don't think Russ is the one that has been changing his game to to not be running around. It's it's interesting seeing Russ. Russ over the weekend somehow became the scapegoat. Right. Yeah. I mean, he had a terrible game. He did. And that's why. Like, if he had gone out there and had, like, the Seahawks game again, we'd be sitting here saying, oh, yeah, 340. I can't blame him. Right. I got to be honest. I think this is a bad look for Broncos country. What? Just like turning, turning on Russ oh, this yeah. soon. It's a bad look. Month in. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? About 5%. Almost 5% of his time in Denver. The seven years. Like Next if, week will be five. Let's just say someday down the road, um, there's another star quarterback who is a free agent. And the Broncos you know, are in the mix. I would just hope that that quarterback didn't see this. <laughs> we'll see how it turns around for Russ and see if people buy in. Yeah, but even then, the fact that everyone was so quick to turn on him yeah. is a bad look for the fan base. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's very different than where I think the fan base was like 15 years ago. And I'm not, I, I've been thinking this for a while, but I'm not sure exactly how to put it into words. It just, I, I don't know. You, I, think, it, you think they're spoiled? It's the instant it, gratification it might be. era. Yeah. That's the problem. I think there's a lot of like out of towners. I think that part of the reason you see so many empty seats late in the game is because there's 
a, a bunch of people our age who moved here bought tickets to that game and are like, oh yeah, kind of Broncos fan, whatever, and then just took off. Like yeah. I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes, but the fan base is definitely changing. I think so too. Mm. Just something to be aware of. I just think it's a bad look. Uh, Russ needs to play better, but essentially just like throwing him out onto the tracks five weeks in is just crazy to me. Expectations He's here. are high. Standards are high. You've got at least three years. You do. You do. At and, least. And, and that's the thing with people saying Broncos should just cut him and move. On. No. no. They, they literally can't do that. They well, you could have... eat $150 million in cap. You could not. <laughs> could you, you imagine? Li- you literally couldn't, though. You, you just simply couldn't. Well, you could. You would just be so much worse for the next for the... three years. Four I don't or five, think you maybe. could. How could you build your team? You couldn't. That's the point. Uh, right, exactly. I mean, just void years all over Cortland Sutton. <laughs> void years all over Tim Patrick. It's, uh. it, I remember having a conversation with Zach one day, early, like years and years ago. And, and after, uh, I think it was like Vance Joseph's like fifth game or sixth game, a columnist wrote like, he's not the guy, fire him. And I was just like, there's nowhere to turn from here. Yep. So every you, you, you can only write the fire the coach column once. Or else then you're just writing the same column yeah. over and over again. And it's kind of like where I'm at now. It's like, you can't go anywhere from cut Russ. Right. Right. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> you know, they're signed up for seven years. Yep. Here's where you could go if you wanted to. You could say bench Russ for this week, blame it on the injury, let him heal, and let him get in a mentally more mental, mentally correct place. You could say that. Yes. Because then you still have other places to go. Yes. But, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I get it. He's got to play better. I think the fan base has to do a little better as well. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. I don't mind people leaving. I think it shows a big, a, a big sign to uh, the Waltons. What what point are you trying to prove though? Um, that you're just not okay with any of it. I don't think they thought no... they were. What? I don't think the Waltons would have thought like, oh yeah, I guess they're fine with it. Um, the Waltons were ecstatic after their first win over the Texans, after the Broncos' first win, because it was their first win. Yeah, and I get totally. why they were ecstatic, but that was a terrible game. Oh, yeah. I think we forget how ugly that was and just how bad that following mm-hmm. week was. It really felt like a loss. Yeah, leaving that game early is a joke. Yeah. I would never do that. I just, again, what unless you're trying to send a message, is your message fire Nathaniel Hackett? Like, yep. you can make that That'd be case. the only Probably. thing it could be. Yeah, it had yeah. to be. It's not happening. Interesting. Matt Rule is fired today. I agree. I don't Matt think Matt Rule's happening. in year three. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury jumped Nathaniel Hackett this weekend for a second place. Did he? I believe yeah. it. So That anyways, was terrible. Um, I get the frustration. Everyone has a right to be frustrated. I just think all eyes are on us. All eyes are watching. They will be next week, too, Monday night. <laughs> yep. We'll right. see, I wonder what the ratings are for that. They might be terrible. Speaking of Monday night, Dre and I coming to you just in a few minutes to give our Monday night bets. So uh, come Stay hang right out here. if you want to uh, You want to keep watching us. Uh, also, thanks for everyone who tuned in today. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out if you haven't already done that. Uh, other than that, we'll see you tomorrow. How long has it been since you had Rolled out the truck and took a country drive
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.